go ahead, good. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's jump into it. And by jump into it, I mean into the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 187. I'm your usual host, Jared, and today I am joined by Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Nature couldn't kill me. <laughs> I have Mr. Michael Mahoney. Welcome, dear listener. And we have fan favorite, Mr. Trevor Bowles. I have a love-hate relationship with the Switch. Yeah, you, so you uh, maybe we can just lead off with that. What uh, is, is the honeymoon phase over? Is that where we're going here? No, I mean I think it's always been it's always been there, it, but it's just like just recently it won't even take me more than two minutes probably to just air my little grievances. But so for whatever reason I've I've you know you were saying you dock it all the time, right? Uh-huh. I've ne- I've never do- oh, I've docked it one time just to like see it in action. I was like, all right, that's cool, but. I'm just going to play with it on my hands in the couch while my wife watches TV. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it works great as that. And I use it mostly as a mobile device to play, you know, when I go out of town, do do airplane trips and stuff like that. And it's awesome. Fantastic. Now I tried to I tried to plug it in uh, to my TV and it's broken. <laughs> it, the, the dock doesn't work. It's just a broken piece of shit plastic dock. And and to get a new one, you have to pay 80 bucks. And it just, I don't even, I'm not even going to use it that often, but it still pisses me off that that's like, maybe I could have saved 80 bucks on the price, it's, you know, just. It's not, it's in warranty though, right? Maybe. I, I, I would think just so. Just Nintendo even do warranties? The system, the system hasn't even been out for a year. Yeah, you should definitely, you should call Nintendo if you haven't, um, because they actually are pretty good with that stuff usually. I've, I've had to send in, um, I've sent in my Wii U to them back when I had that, uh, and I sent in my uh, 3DS uh, and DS Lite. Actually, man, they make shitty hardware. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> but this does not look like they're being good at this. But whatever. <laughs> which is which is funny because my my usual thought is that they're like if you asked me if they made good hardware, I'd say yes. But I have had to contact their service more than any of the other companies. Except maybe Microsoft. I sent back my Xbox 360 for Red Ring bullshit at least twice. I uh, sent mine in three times. But yeah, the uh, uh, but then the the other last thing about it, and it's not. I don't know if it's Nintendo's fault or whatever. But one of my most anticipated games this fall was that, uh, and I played it at at PAX, and it was fantastic. It was that Battle Chasers game. Oh yeah. And it was gonna be the perfect mobile game, too. Perfect Switch game. It came out for all the other consoles. It came out on. It's on Steam. You can buy it now. I'm sure it's fantastic. It's got great reviews everywhere. But I I don't want it on there. I want it on the Switch, and that has been delayed indefinitely for. That for whatever reason, there's something with the switch that they can't figure out. They said on their website or something along those lines, and I'm just pissed about that because I really wanted to play that game. I think uh, that uh, Battle Chasers is, if if memory serves correctly, um, I think that's a Unity game. And yes, Unity you're right. Unity is having a ton of trouble on Switch, and so that's that's where that's where the hang up is coming from. I think is they they basically like can't develop it any further until unity gets patched so they have no way of giving like a good estimate for when they'll be able to go any further with it because it's completely in the hands of another company before they can even do anything with it gotcha uh, yeah so so that's always a good situation to be this is actually yeah. uh, this is actually where a lot of uh other games like hotly ex- anticipated ports like hollow knight uh, still to be announced on the Switch because, again, Unity performs uh, so badly on it. 
And so there's a lot of games uh, that, you know, like like Hollow Knight is one where I've been waiting for exactly that reason, where I was like, oh, man, I would love to play this on the Switch. Like, that would be the perfect way to experience this game. And there's just it, there's no release in sight. Like, there's no announcements. There's there's nothing. Um, okay. Hollow Knight. Oh, the Metroidvania, the like, yeah, yeah. The, like hand drawn. Looks looks great. I, Jay didn't really care for it, but it sounded like most of his problems were of a technical nature. Um, so mm, I I'd like you to play it. On PC, right? Uh yeah, he played it on PC, I think. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna look in a Hollow Knight, and not, I'm not sure if if it's what I want in my life right now. But I I definitely just, looks interesting. As of right now, I'm kind of inundated with Metroidvanias, uh, so I'm. I'm uh, yeah, they're everywhere, man. Uh, I'm playing. Um, I'm, I'm of course playing an actual Metroid game. Uh, I uh, I started playing Steam World Dig Two, uh, which, by the way, is uh, perfect on the Switch. It's exactly 100% what the Switch was made for. Uh, yeah, and it performs. The like first the, one was good. Yeah, if you like the first one, then you should absolutely 100% pick up the second one on the Switch because uh, it is fantastic. Um, and I mean, I guess the silver lining of your issue, Trevor, is you're going to be able to, um, if you do call Nintendo and, and it isn't under warranty, like I think it is, the system hasn't even been out for a year and almost everything's got a limited warranty for a year. Yeah. Um, the good news is, is you'll probably just be able to send the dock and it's kind of cool that like, you're going to still be able to keep the system while, right. while you're getting a replacement, you know, component. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then the the uh, the last thing I'm probably really late to this uh, group of people, but I finally finished uh, Zelda, and it was great. Um, the last boss was overwhelming, especially when you when you finish all the uh, whatever I don't know what you call them, the four different like mm-hmm. guys that you kill to get them to shoot a laser at him, but at the final boss, but. You know, getting the final boss on half health seems pretty cheap to me, but whatever. It was still a good story, still a good game. Great game, obviously. Game of the year material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't actually played this. I, I own it, but I haven't played it yet. It's oh, really? good. It's, it's good. It's definitely. I mean, I, I my opinion. It's a matter of TV placement. A lot. A lot of times, I will you know play a, a game like that that's like got a lot of praise heaped on it, and then as time goes by, like my opinion of it will kind of sour. And I feel like that's really happened with Breath of the Wild. I think that. The internet went from being like it's the best thing that ever happened ever, to slowly being like it's the worst thing that ever happened ever, and it's ruining I mean, if you, games. If you, listen, if you listen to the internet, then you're never gonna enjoy anything. But, yeah, seriously. Well, well, and so I was gonna say like I, I feel like you know I, I I thought for a little bit that like maybe my opinion would would head in that direction as well, but I I still think like it's a really strong contender for the best game I played this year. Like it, it's really up there. It's a good game. It is fun. Really, really well made. So well, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, you know what What I was kind of bummed out about at the end is that when you when you beat him, when you beat Ganon at the end, you... Um, oh, spoilers. Spoilers. That you don't actually, like, you don't... Usually you go back into, like, a sandbox game and then you can complete all the side quests or whatever if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And... And the world is without Ganon. In this one, you say the game four saves right before you walk in, and then so Ganon is always there. Right. So if you want to go back and do that, you're actually not through the end of the game. It's a weird psychological thing in my brain that just doesn't function right, but it's uh it 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 bugs me. 
Yeah, I, I kind of had that thought too, where I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back and explore, but it just kind of bugged me that like the castle's all blighted and yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, it puts a, it does record that you beat the boss, like it puts a star yep, on the save puts and a everything. Star. Yep. Um, yep. So it's kind of it's kind of weird uh, that it does that, but leaves the the boss there. I mean, whatever is what it is. Yeah, like I said, it's a weird psychological thing for me. I don't know why. It just it just bugs me and makes me not want to go for, through those other quests because I'm like, well, he's still there. Yeah. I usually I usually like really do the last boss last. Like, yeah. Psychologically, I I get what you mean. Like. For me, you know, feeling the last boss, even if it's easier than any optional bosses or whatever, um, you know, that's what I'm done with the game. Like, I don't care how complete I am. This game's really, know. this game's really huge, though. Like, if you wait, it's pretty big, yeah. Because I was, I had the similar mentality. I'm like, I'll finish all the shrines and then I'll do it. I just, I well, don't think I could have. It's more of when I am ready to finish the game. Yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, sure, I'd agree with that. I, so, I, like, you know, if I did, like, you know, one-third of the content and I'm done with it, then, yeah, that's it. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. Final battle time. Okay. So that's pretty much the way that, I, that I'd say I address that, too. Yeah, it's pretty insane, too. I mean, this problem happens in a lot of games, but if you finished all the content before you went to Ganon, you could literally face-smash him and you wouldn't lose because... Like you could just push buttons because he would be down to half health immediately, and then you'd have so many hearts you would never it wouldn't even matter. Like you could just you could literally just walk into him and start slashing, and you'd never be hurt. You would have all full armor and everything. It would be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's one of the things that kind of the problem that with that approach. So for example, I I was playing Dark Souls 3 and I stopped because I realized it was going to be DLC and I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, wait until the DLC is out and I'll play the whole thing together, right? So, you know, I finished the DLC. The DLC is pretty tough and it's pretty high level. So by the time that I finished the DLC, I was at like level 130 or something like that. And I fucking stopped the last boss. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that's... that's Kind of a problem with that approach, yeah. Yeah, it makes yep. me, it makes me think of like a Final Fantasy kind of thing, where like maybe like seven, where you get to the point where you can beat like emerald and ruby weapon. Well, if you're that far along, like everything else is going to be a cakewalk. Uh, another example is um, Final Fantasy Ten. Mm, so I beat yeah. all I, I beat all the dark whatever summons. I forgot what the fuck they're called in that game specifically, but. Um, I beat all the Dark Summons, which are, like, the optional bosses. And when I got to the last boss, um, I had uh, Auron with, um, like, this um, counter-attack tech. So the boss attacked him. He um, he counter-attacked, and he one-shot him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was the most, like, anticlimactic final battle. <laughs> with a counter-attack. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't press a button. He was like, you know, it just... That's it. It's done. Yep. Bye. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, um, so, yeah, that's definitely a problem. Yeah, I guess that's sandbox games in general. Yeah. But it was a fun game, though. I, I, You know, it's easy to pick those little... It's like watching a good movie. You can always pick away at the little things that you didn't like or the little plot holes. But overall, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great game. It's, it's totally worth playing. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd back that up completely. So, 
Um, why don't we shift gears a little bit though, and maybe talk about some uh, some newer stuff? Uh, and, and I'm thinking maybe the first thing that we can talk about is Hob, because um, I I know that that you know just came out what like last week, two weeks ago, top something like that. Yeah. So fairly fairly new. Yeah. Michael 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 played it. it right. I've been playing it too. Um, oh, okay. So I can compare notes a little bit, and then Lucio has at least had hands on with it before in the past. Yeah, but that was such an early build, man. Mm, yeah, well, and so Michael and I both kind of made some observations about it this weekend that we we found kind of funny when you say something like that. Um, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about the game, Michael. So Hub is a. What kind of genre would you call it? Is it just an adventure game, or is it it's a, like a puzzle game? Right? Yeah, it usually it kind of. Yeah, usually like Plus an adventure game. Zelda likes get lumped into kind of that adventure. Yeah, um, and Zelda like is probably a pretty good description of it. You play as a a guy or a girl. I, I don't know. Some, some kind hob. of so yeah. That'd be yeah. my that'd be my actually my first question. Is he hob? Like, is he the hob? I've wondered about this. This is actually a hard game to describe because there's not a whole lot of immediate descriptors that come to mind. Yeah, and one of the things that's kind of funny about it is it's sort of got like a Ori in the Blind Forest kind of feel to it where there no one talks. The whole story is told through, um, you know, just, just this these two characters like interacting with each other. I mean, yeah. I mean there's a little bit of that. Uh, but it's 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 mostly just dead silent for the most part. The big robot kind of says stuff. He he grunts. It seems like. Um, but anyway, even, even Ori had a little narration. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. So this is this is absolutely nothing. Uh, there's there's very little to go off of from a so, character story standpoint. Yeah, you're a guy or you're not, and you're. It's not even a forest. You're. Basically, just out on an adventure where you're. Damn, this is hard. It opens up. It opens up just. It's like, an adventure uh, game. It opens up. You just guys like, got YouTube. Uh, Go figure it out. It opens up just like Breath of the Wild, where you're in a you're in a crypt, and someone comes and wakes you up. And the world is basically like placed before you, and you can go and and navigate it. And you're you're loosely given ideas of. Uh, where you're supposed to go next, and what you're kind of working. The, here's here's the simple. Are you story. saying it's like a it's like Dark Souls? No, no. <laughs> you really. do have a dive. Uh, here, cool. here, here's the simplest way to describe it. Uh, the almost the entire world that you are in is broken, and your job is to uh, reassemble and make it work again. Uh, and that's by manipulating different pieces of equipment that are sitting around to restore power to certain areas. Uh, and to upgrade your your own personal self so that you're able to interact with new things in the environment, um, it actually has you know a little bit of a Metroidvania feel where your character gets upgrades mm-hmm. and then you can go back to areas that you were in before and uh, maybe use a button that you saw way earlier and you you have that like exciting feeling right where you've you've gone through so many parts of this game and seen these buttons that you can't interact with and then suddenly you can and you're thrilled to go back and uh, see what all those things do. And um, it's I, I don't know about your opinion of it, Michael, but I think it's fucking great. It's a really good game. It's fun. Yeah, um, it's good. At least very well designed. But so mm-hmm. I have a, it's made by the Torchlight people, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. And I have one major gripe with the game, uh, and that is that um, it really was not ready to be released. Um, 
Like, yeah, I would agree, which is funny because a, a couple of times we've mentioned that when we played it at PAX, it really felt done. So to have him release it and find it still kind of in the... Uh, in what way? Uh, a couple multi- of different ways, actually. Multiple ways. Um, one is it seems to have performance engines everywhere. Uh, on the PC, even on people are talking about like having GTX 1070s, and I was I picked up the game on the PlayStation 4 because I was thinking, well, like, well, at least I can avoid that, you know, like like PCs hard to optimize for, and so I figured maybe it was that kind of situation. Um, the game runs like ass on the PlayStation. Uh, it's it's not any better. It, it's just as bad as whatever people are experiencing on the PC, and probably actually worse. Now, to be fair, I would say I have actually had no performance issues on the PC. Well, that's good. Uh, that, that's fortunate for you. Uh, but beyond that, the game also has quite a bit of just little things like your character can get snagged in certain areas or like pinned behind stuff. or And to, to the point where there's even a respawn option in the main menu um, because they knew that like you're going to need that at some point. Like at some point you're going to get stuck behind a moving platform or something and you're going to need to respawn. So I guess they're not fixing it. They just give you. I hope. Yeah. I hope they're fixing it. Uh, They've uh, I've seen some posts from the developer about the PC version saying that they're working on patching it to improve it. But I haven't heard anything about the uh, console port yet. Um, it's just kind of a mess, uh, which is just a damn shame. Because from a desi- yeah, that game looked very promising. From from a design oh, perspective, I mean, I I'd say for me at least, like it's exactly my kind of. It, it's a five out of five. Like it's something that I really uh, enjoy. But from a from a technical standpoint, it's not even close. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the the puzzles are fun. The cell shaded graphics look great. It's it's got a lot of charm, but it just it it feels rough very rough mm-hmm. um well one thing i have a real problem with and i don't know why this bugs me so much but jared maybe you can back me up here when you die does it feel like it takes a really really long time before it starts your starts over again yeah uh and, and as a quick aside um this follows in the footsteps of many other games uh where they're like very cute and and bouncy and uh fun um, but your character can die in some like gruesome, gruesome way. <laughs> I think that's a thing now, right? Like it seems to be. It's kind of uh, it's something I've encountered before. I feel like it's kind of a trend right now. Um, but like you'd probably be totally comfortable letting your kids play this game, but just know that like at some point they're gonna get impaled and like have their limbs explode off their body. It's like Crash Bandicoot back in the day. With blood, too. Like he, uh, oh, nice. Hobbs filled with rich red blood, uh, <laughs> and, and he explodes often if you're unwise with how you handle him. Um, but yeah, load times are kind of weird and inconsistent. Um, I've noticed it with just like transitioning through levels, too, like going into your uh, den to upgrade and stuff. That has a load screen that I feel like is longer than it should be. Yeah. Um, all that stuff again, like it just—it feels really unoptimized, and um, it's—it's it's just like I said, it's a—it's a real shame because it's a—it's almost a—it's a damn near perfect game in every other way for me. Like I really enjoy it, and it's a game that when I play it, time just kind of like like flies by, you know. Like I, it, it just it it, it really really uh, works for me, but it like I said, it just runs like ass. 
too. How many hours are you into it, Jared? Um, I'm guessing like five, maybe, but it might be less oh. than that. Um, so, so it sounds like you've actually gotten quite a ways ahead of me. Let me ask: Do you fight a boss ever? Uh, there's an optional boss that I found. Um, oh, really? But I don't, hmm. I don't see a reason why I had to fight him. Um, but I did fight him, and, and actually, you know what? I saw him. I think when Lucio played the game, I think Lucio fought him. Uh, yeah, as well. Huh. Um, but he's just Which like it's kind of disheartening that that's like the boss are showing off, right? Com- combat is so not the point of Hob, though. Like it, it, uh, <laughs> it really it, it's there, and I mean, a lot of your upgrades are combat centric, but mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like you're even really all that penalized for like avoiding enemies instead of fighting them. Um, no, it's just, I, I feel like I'm getting to the point and I'm only about two hours in, but it would be nice to break up some of the, the puzzling element with something a little more exciting than fighting like another bug creature. Yeah. Okay. That, that's fair. Um, I, I'll have to get back to you on that because there could still be something. Um, but uh, did you get to the enemies that are covered in armor at least? Yeah, and those are that's clever enough. Because like they add a little bit of uh, you know something to kind of mix up the flow. Mm-hmm. I'm anticipating some more stuff like that. So you have a punch attack that you normally use to interact with the environment. You don't really use it in combat that much, but you encounter these enemies who uh, have armor that your sword can't go through, and the solution to that is to punch their armor off. Uh, typically, oh, I didn't even know that. That's- I just had him uh, roll into the walls with the spikes on it. Oh, yeah, you, or, could, you can do that, too. Um, yeah. But if you charge up your punch and wait for them to roll at you and time it right, you can also just knock their armor off. All right, good to know. Um, I've had a couple situations. I, I like the, the combat engine overall. I've had, like, some funny situations where, especially with those enemies, where they, like, rolled at me and I got out of the way, but they wound up running into, like, an environmental hazard or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I always like stuff like that, where uh, where enemies die not necessarily by my hand, but just because I was like clever with how I placed myself and baited them into stuff. And, uh, there's there's some moments like that that you can kind of get. Um, but no, the games the games mostly about puzzles, and there it really toes the line of like being uh, kind of obtuse enough that you're not a hundred percent sure what to do. Um, and never really like holding your hand, but also never being so hard that you get stuck for like a really long time. Or at least I haven't found myself. There's been, I think, one or two places where it took me longer to figure out than I think it should have. But at the same time, I understand really there's there's no way to make me happy in a situation like that. Because if you show me where to go, then it's it doesn't feel like a, a rewarding experience. Whereas if I just happen to miss a key piece of the the puzzle or where to go, then then I'm just, you know, out of the loop. I have had it happen a couple of times where, like, I just didn't notice, like, a ladder. Right. And, you know, some stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but I, again, I think it strikes a good balance. I've never found myself sitting in front of, like, a device where I'm rotating, like, a crank to put together puzzle pieces or something, and I'm sitting there and, and just can't solve it for the life of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no, I think uh, it kind of reminds me in the same way as... Uh, Inside, where most of the puzzle, I mean, it's definitely different mechanically, but most of the puzzles are pretty intuitively crafted. They're not super hard. They're fun to figure out, basically. I I think what I'd I'd say about it is, and Inside is a great comparison, 
they are hard enough that you feel smart when you finish them, but mm-hmm. but they're also you're you're not that smart for finishing them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, pretty it, much. <laughs> it make, it makes you feel good about yourself, but at the same time, there was no reason for you to feel all that good about yourself. Yeah, yeah I mean the, they're they're cleverly designed, and I think you're right. Kind of, I feel pretty good when they're done, so, and I, I don't think I've really sat around like trying to figure one out past the point where I've been enjoying it. So. I guess what I'd say about it is I really, really like it, e- even to the point where I might even, I don't I don't know if it's enough to say that it would uh, land on like a game of the year list for me. If it was if it was just more more done, it really would. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like if you have so many problems with like. Because I really, really like it. Um, and so I guess what I'd say is I think that you should play it if it sounds even a little interesting to you. Um, but I do think that if you can afford to wait for a patch and maybe a sale, it might be worth doing. Um, it's nineteen ninety nine, I think. So I mean, it's not that expensive to begin with. But if it went down to four, oh. fourteen and and got patched and fixed, then absolutely one hundred percent. That's a perfect score game in my book. There's a lot of charm to it, and like I said, even though I'm not super excited to play it right now, I think just that's kind of the mood I'm in right now. But yeah, you know, when I when I sit down to actually do it, it's it's quite a bit of fun. And based off hearing Michael talk about it, definitely, definitely, definitely do not buy it on the PlayStation, uh, because yeah, it uh, sounds like it. Yeah, it, it 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 runs terribly. It's uh, one of the worst optimized games I've played uh, in in a while. So, what a shame. how long to beat has the main story at ten hours, which I could be I, a little long. I could see it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd still be as charmed by its shtick by then. I intend on finishing it. I, I will finish it. So we'll Same see. here. We'll see. Like I said, I, I think 10 hours, if you broke that up with something other than the puzzles, like I said, like a boss fight or you know, even a puzzle boss fight, something like that, I think that would go a long way to make that uh, make it feel fresh Yeah. every so often. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, Ruiner as well, um, but before we do, maybe I can just hit on uh, this email that we got a few weeks ago. It's been a while since we had a podcast. Sorry, I've been out of town, um, but I wanted to address uh, this email from our from our old friend, Ben, uh, who wrote to us clear back in September, and uh, he wrote, he said, did any of you Switch owners try the Project Octopath demo? Uh, I'm not sure whether I love or hate the graphics and lighting, but I found it pretty compelling for a Square Enix RPG. Also, you get to play as a hooker, so take that as you will. <laughs> um, and okay. so I, I did go and check the game out. I think I'm the only one. I don't think anybody else bothered to to look into it at all. Um, I still haven't even unboxed my Switch. But it's <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a neat little uh, little game uh, that I would definitely. I'd be interested to look into it more when it uh, comes out. Um, but basically, it, it's sort of like... Do you guys remember Saga Frontier? From the, from the uh, PlayStation 1 era? Um, no. It was, that one. So it was I've got to look it up. It was an old Squaresoft uh, RPG series where they uh, basically... I think there were two of them. I think there was a, a Saga Frontier 1 and 2. And... Um, their kind of their hook that they do or their like special thing they do is they have a uh, large cast of main characters and um, you play all of them separately and they all have like their own unique origin story. And then eventually they all meet and you carry on with like the main plot of the game. 
Um, and so Project Octopath follows a similar uh, design philosophy where there's eight characters and you can choose at the start any of the eight that you want to play as. Um, and you kind of experience their own unique story and then eventually they wind up meeting the other characters and carrying on. And so the uh, the demo lets you play as uh, one of two characters. So you can choose the, uh, as Ben so eloquently said, the hooker. Um, I think I never saw her hook. She, I, I think she's just a dancer, or so they say. Um, uh, uh, uh. Although her, her, everyone's just a dancer until someone names the right price. Well, and her, her boss is uh, definitely implying that some things beyond dancing either have happened or will happen. Uh, so, um, is super. I, I, you know what? I still, I believe that she's uh, unsullied. I, I, I think that she's still pure and has value as a woman. Um, and then I, I don't even remember who the other character is. Uh, he's, he's like some dude. They each have, they each have unique abilities, which is, is kind of interesting. Like she can go up to townsfolk and, uh, she can basically seduce them and, uh, that will make them follow her so that she can move them to like a different location in town. And you use this to get past people who are like blocking doorways that you need to get into and and uh, stuff like that. Um, the other character, his ability is he can challenge people to duels, and if he if he uh, does and wins the battle, uh, then they'll get knocked out and uh, and it'll remove them from the map. Um, and I'm kind of impressed with the whole game's uh, like very pixel based, like pixel art, really tiny sprites, um, and so because of that, it feels like there's a lot of freedom. Uh, in the game, like you can knock out just about anybody you want, or you know, pretty much seduce just about anybody that you please. Um, and so that looks like Golden Sun. Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. It kind of has like that isometric uh, view to it on the camera. Um, but anyway, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, it has a lot of the trappings that JRPGs have, and I guess that's the one thing I'm kind of disappointed in is it. There's certain things in JRPGs that are just bullshit and uh, and that I don't like, and this game clearly has them still, even in 2017. Um, like the first boss, or, or the, the big boss that I got to in the, uh, in the uh, Dancers campaign, um, I definitely had to like grind in the dungeon beforehand to, to pass that boss. Like there's no way that you could beat it without, without doing some grinding. Um, Every time he would kill me and I'd go back to fight him again, I had to sit through the entire dialogue cutscene. There's no way to skip through it. And there's like a lot of dialogue before he actually attacks you. Um, so that kind of stuff I don't like uh, and was was disappointed in. Um, but overall, like it has a really kind of interesting battle system. It plays a lot like Persona where uh, your enemies have a weakness. And once you know those weaknesses, you can typically end combat like very, very quickly. Uh, by by exploiting that, um, so I like that. Like battles breezy and really streamlined and and runs quickly. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd uh, thought I'd mention it. Something to look at. Um, it'll be a good one for the Switch because it's the kind of game that you want to play in like bursts and potentially have as like a mobile title. So, um, Go, going off the name, this was not the game I expected it to be. It from is what I'm looking at here. So that's a working title. They don't actually know what the uh, what the real title of the game is. Kind of a rarity okay. nowadays. You don't see that very often anymore. I was expecting degenerate squid people. So 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, but yeah, no, it it uh, it seems to be just actually kind of a, a relatively normal. I don't want to say unremarkable, but um, you know, kind of a pretty average uh, just JRPG setting. Like, there's nothing that really stands out to me about the world or the characters all that much. Um, but what I played was pretty well written. Uh, had some okay voice acting. Uh, and like I said, the the battle system is actually a, a pretty good time. So I'd, I'd keep an eye out for this if you're interested in that sort of thing. Hmm. But um, doesn't look too bad. Anyway, if you guys don't have any uh, thoughts on that, why don't we uh, switch gears and talk about Ruiner a little bit? Yeah, Ruiner. Um, this is just I, I just want to point out like. This has been a good uh, couple of weeks for like $20 budget indie titles like Hob, Ruiner, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Um, there's some really, really high quality, like good shit that you can pick up right now for a, a really cheap price. But uh, anyway, it, it sounded like you are enjoying Ruiner quite a bit, Trevor. Oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, it was great. It was more than good. It was great. It was a, it was a um, really fun game. I mean, uh, I mostly watched Michael play it when we were there. I was talking to uh, Benedict Snyder. He's the creative director. He was he was talking my ear off while we were there. He was super jacked up about the game, and it's for good reason. It's a, it's fun, man. It was it was great. It was one of the, uh, it, like you said, for budget, especially for budget titles, but even just overall, it was one of the best games I've played this year. It was um, for the for the price of twenty bucks. It's just a it's. Like what it really reminded me of is uh, uh, apart from um, their most recent crappy game that I hated, but a lot of people other other people liked it was um, uh, Transistor and Bastion. It was very much like that in the sense that it was like heavily like uh, like dialogue story and uh, the the soundtrack was fantastic and the graphics were great. And then on top of it all, it was a it was a really fun twin six shooter. There was a lot of just different things you could do a lot of different abilities you could choose from there's the rpg elements of it that really got me going um I like one of the, the best i like the sounds of the upgrade system that you talked about how you could like kind of plug in and out skills as you played the game yeah at any time and and like a uh like i mentioned in my review of the game that doesn't give you any sort of like actual advantage you know you think like a lot of times when games have that you're just like okay you can just switch to whatever you want just so that you can win but that's not it at all this this game requires you to change based on the different things that you're going up against and it's it, it is required and necessary for you to change up your strategy um the 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 big moment that it hit me that I really needed to change it up was when I played a boss. Um, I was fighting against a boss, and he he killed me more than anything. You go into like these little zones, so it's like it's kind of um, like you're running through a map, like you're running through like a, a dungeon kind of thing. Uh, you know, similar to like Diablo or whatever, where you're running through. You know, there's like boxes that you can open up. There's guns that you can pick up out of like these crates that you have to hack, and that's all. That's all. You know, great little additions to the game, but really it goes into like the combat. And so you go into these zones, and it you have to fight against these waves of enemies that come in at you. And if you die, you have to start over in that little zone. And so. And bosses can be their own zone or groups of enemies and bosses can be their own zone. It kind of mixes it up as you go. And uh, there was this one boss. 
he kept just shredding me. And, and the basics that I was using, the basic, uh, the first one of the first abilities that you can choose is like the shield ability, and it's uh, it's apparent that it's a it's a it's a good ability, but it's not the end all be all. It, it was required to beat the final boss, but for this boss, it was absolutely useless because he would break right through the shield and get you down. He would get me down to like basically one hit bar away, one one hit away from dying with just one shot. And I had to switch to an ability that I never used before. I was just like, let me try this out. It was a stun grenade. He had like a little bit of a charge up time uh, on his ability, his gun. It was like a little, um, it was kind of like a sniper rifle, but he had to like charge it for a second before the bullet would go off. And, uh, and I would just, I stunned him uh, over and over again to, to beat him. And it, it was just great. It was just a great moment. And then I had to keep doing that over and over for different battles, different fights. You know, I had to keep changing the abilities that I was using in order to make sure I could get through that, uh, little zone that I was in. And, um, the gameplay is really frantic, really fun, lots of dashing around the screen and stuff like that. And, uh, the story is, the story's you know, fairly good. Uh, it is a, you know, it's a Polish developer and I did, I did notice a little bit of English translation issues. Um, but it wasn't, wasn't anything game breaking. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, um, it was just so fun. The, the guns that you pick up, there's so many different guns. So many, I mean, I didn't count exactly, but there must be at least 20 to 30 guns that you can pick up and you don't, you don't just get to keep the gun. Like when you pick it up, once you shoot all the bullets that are just in that current mag, you know that current magazine or whatever you want to call it for the gun, it's mm-hmm. done, and you your character tosses it away. You have a basic gun and 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 melee weapon that you're that you're equipped with at the beginning, and you can upgrade those a little bit um, to make them better. But you're constantly picking up other weapons as you go through, and it's really fun. The slow mo, there's you know some slow motion uh, type stuff that goes on. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just great. It was it was really fun. I highly recommend it to anybody. I mean, it's a it's a great buy at at twenty bucks. Um, took Ooh. me about nine hours to get through normal mode, uh, and that was that was a you know it was difficult enough. I I breeze I I pretty much breeze through it on normal mode. I haven't tried it on the hardest mode, but I'm sure it's a lot more difficult. I've been watching some streamers. Uh, play it on the most difficult mode and you get you get torn up pretty quick so Um, i'm curious um michael you played the game mm -hmm. and you had come away from it with a a relatively positive outlook as well but um was part of that those like rpg elements that trevor's talking about or is that all news to you like was that something that you got a chance to mess with or were you just happy enough like with the basic combat do you get what i mean yeah, uh, uh, we took a, look, or a brief look at those things in the demo, but we didn't really get into it, you know, in the, the 10 minutes that I played. I think for me, and I haven't played the full game, but when I think of a twin stick shooter, I think of monotony. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. just going to be pressing forward or left or right to shoot my machine gun as much as I can in every direction. Whereas when I played Runer, it starts you out with, I think, a baseball bat. And, it, you know, you pick up weapons off of your dead enemies and there was so much variety. And I, I found weapons that I liked more than others. But because you drop them and you move on to the next weapon time after time, like each it feels like you switch things up a lot. And it's still got that that twin stick shooter mechanic, which I don't know. I don't know if I would get into that for nine whole hours. But in the time I was playing it, it just it felt very reactive and 
you know, kept switching things up. And it just felt like the combat felt pretty brutal. And like when I was hitting guys with baseball bats, I was like, ah, yeah, I killed his ass. It, was, it felt good. You know, you guys might think this is a weird uh, comparison, but it kind of makes me think of, I mean, beyond like, obviously Breath of the Wild has a very similar concept with, with weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me think a lot of Halo. Um, which may sound weird at first, but if you go back and play Halo, uh, you'll notice that it's a game where you very rarely get to play with the gun you want. You get to play with the gun you have. And it's whatever you pick up on the field, right? Right, and you're, you're constantly running out of ammo, and you're having to improvise really frequently, and you're having to kind of make your way through uh, these tough situations with, like, enemy weapons, and, and you're never really, like... You know, whereas you play a game like uh, some of the Call of Duties where, you know, you you spawn in and your weapon has more than enough ammo to get you through the entire, uh, you know, area Mm. or segment. But there's something that I always found fun about, like that that kind of, like I said, like that frantic feeling of like, oh, fuck, this doesn't have any ammo in it. Like, get rid of it and like, let's grab another one. Um, Something that Superhot does. Uh, Any weapon you pick up in Superhot has one clip. And mm-hmm. after that, you better throw it and figure out a way to get another weapon. And it's a one of the it's kind of an element that I always found really compelling uh, in that game. But the RPG stuff in Runer sounds great, and it sounds like a really big draw. Uh, yeah, you know, there's of- a lot of good stuff, a lot of good options to choose from. You de- there was one one ability that sounded pretty cool. Uh, I never took it because I just liked the other stuff that I was feeling. So. You know, there's definitely multiple ways to play. I would love to watch somebody play the game besides me just so that I could see how other people went about different zones and different levels mm-hmm. and what they did. One really cool thing that I saw. So there's um, there's there's basically three bosses, uh, three main bosses. So there's more than three bosses, but three main main people that you're going after to like break through the storyline and and then the final boss and at each of the bosses that you kill you're you get something from them or that you utilize them in some way to further the game so for instance like the first boss that you kill he's a he has a sword and that's kind of like his thing is he's more of a melee kind of boss um and you you pick up after you kill him you pick up his you pick up his sword and you use it through the rest of the game and it's way better than the little pipe that you get at the beginning um, and there's obviously tons of other melee weapons that you can pick up to use, uh, which I did multiple times, but you get, you still have this sword. That's your base weapon. And then the next boss that you kill, you actually, I would, I really want to play through it again because you have two, you have two options, whether or not you want to like kill him or hack his brain. I chose to hack him. And then I was using him through the next level to do different things and so he was kind of like this little minion that was following me around to do these other things for me so there's some really cool elements like that that are in the game uh that really just give it that extra extra notch uh to play through and it's a it's a it's a really cool game um it's the music is great too it it just it gets you like your heart pumping when you're playing well all of the production that i saw was actually pretty sweet i mean i guess as, as we've established the polish developers tend to have a little bit more money for production but we got to an in-game cin- cinema when I was playing the demo, and I thought to myself, like, ah, this looks this looks like a triple A. Well, yep. and and I think that cyberpunk uh, goes a long way with this crowd. Uh, sure. So so having that setting uh, certainly isn't hurting uh, the the reputation uh, as well. 
Um, you mentioned that you had a good experience playing it with the controller. So do you think this would be an okay like console pickup? Oh, totally. Uh, I would recommend playing it with the controller, just that twin stick feel. I tried playing it with a, a keyboard and mouse just to test it out, and I was getting my butt kicked hard. I, I, I mean, I, I could suck with it, and other people are good with it, that I totally could get that part of it, but it just seems so much more intuitive on a controller when you're using those two sticks, you know? I would think so yeah. by, a, yeah. by a wide margin. I mean, yeah. it, it, yeah. Is, it is literally described as a twin stick shooter, so... yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, funny enough, the upgrade system uh, kind of sounds like uh, there's a similar one in uh, SteamWorld Dig uh, 2 where they have a, it's called the COG system, and the idea is you upgrade your weapons just like normal where you where you buy all your equipment from the, uh, like, vendor in town, but then you, you also find these items called COGs and um, they can be used to basically activate, like, perks on your on your equipment. Uh, so, like, the pickaxe has, uh, for one cog, you can add a perk that will make it so anytime you kill an enemy with the pickaxe, you get a little cash bonus for doing so. Or actually, I think that one's three cogs. But anyway, the point is, is they can be swapped in and out as you see fit. So, kind of in a similar fashion where, like, if you're encountering a lot of enemies, you could build yourself up so that you're well defended for that. Meanwhile, if there's a cave that you're working your way through, you could redirect all of your cogs so that you're better built to be like a pack mule and load up on ore and and stuff like that. Um, and it's a it's a really fun system. It, it makes the the game just a little more interesting and gives you like more choices to make and you know kind of planning and how you're going to approach certain things. Um, anyway, sounds yeah, like, it was fun. I pick it up. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely on my list. Uh, there's just uh, so much to play right now. Like we just, yeah. like I said, we just. I feel like we kind of got dumped on this month all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, just a shit ton of uh, really highly reviewed good stuff is is out, and all at the twenty dollar price point. Every single one of them. Um, but you know what's not at the twenty dollar price point is the return of Metroid. And yeah, but uh, it's worth the money. So are you enjoying it, Lucio? Yeah, great. That's on 3DS, right? It is, which is so weird. Um, yeah. I guarantee you it's going to come to the Switch at some point and probably look better, too. It's not a great-looking game. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a 3DS game. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it landed on the Switch at some point, but they almost certainly didn't want to launch them simultaneously uh, because then you wouldn't buy it twice. So... <laughs> it's that, oh they got me it's that classic nintendo uh move um i played it on the uh tr- on my trip out to uh to amsterdam i picked it up specifically for that and on my way home i was i made it all the way back and on my last flight uh i was so excited to get off the plane that i left the 3ds on uh on the plane in in the you know uh, pouch in the seat in front of me and um I was I was despairing quite a bit because I thought, oh, I'm never going to get to finish Metroid. And uh, that 3DS had my Reggie Fisa May uh, street pass from the first time I went to E3. And I was I was all bummed out. And I went back to the airport the next day uh, because I was actually flying out to Denver. And uh, I just on a whim stopped by the baggage check area and was like, hey, you guys didn't find a, a, a you know, anything from this flight yesterday, did you? And. The lady's like, well, what did you lose? And as a 31-year-old man, it's hard to be like a Nintendo. 
Um, and she didn't know what it, she 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 was probably my age, and I was like, it's like a Nintendo game console, and she's like, well, what's that? Uh, and, and so I had to like describe it in detail. <laughs> And she just couldn't wrap her head around what it was. And she went back in the back room like three times and would keep coming out. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think we got anything like that. And I was like, I was, I'd made peace with it. I was like, well, I'm never getting it back. And uh, every time she'd come back, uh, she'd be like, well, hold on. Let me look again. Tell me more about it. What does it look like? And I'd describe it. And, and she finally came out with it and gave it to me. And uh, she's like, I've never seen a Kindle like this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she knew the whole time and just wanted to make you squirm? Maybe, I think so. Maybe. That's possible. I'm going to get this nerd. Um, yeah, I think that's what's going on. And, and you know, I'm not I'm not really, like, cute with my handhelds or anything. So, like, it doesn't have any, like, defining character. I, I couldn't be like, oh, it's got the sticker on it or whatever. Um, uh, and so it was very difficult to to describe it to her. I think I think what actually finally made her find it is I told her that I had left it on and there would be a blue light on it still. Uh, because it was in sleep mode, and uh, that was the time that she brought it back. So, got lucky, but yeah, she <laughs> she like never yeah, never, never seen a Kindle like this. Anyway, uh, Metroid is a lot of fun. So it's a remake. It's a remake of, Me- of Metroid Two, uh-huh. but it has obviously a lot of new stuff, and it's been definitely modernized. Uh, I played Metroid Two in an emulator. Um. So the basic, I guess, world is still the same, but there's obviously a bunch of new stuff. So I guess the biggest um, change that everybody's going to notice is the inclusion of a pirate system. Mm-hmm. So now you can press a button, and when the enemies are charging at you, uh, we'll do like a special attack. You can parry that attack and leave him open to being vulnerable, which at first I was pretty... Um, I wasn't convinced but uh, it works very well it doesn't feel like a parry belongs in a metroid game uh but having said that like like you said uh it does work really well and the enemies are uh, a lot of them are designed in such a way where um it makes way more sense to parry their attacks than try and you know fend them off in the traditional fashion right um, and but what i like is that you can though if you if you really want to sure like you don't have to parry but it just makes the game a lot easier yeah, that's definitely true. It, 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 you're going to have a much better experience if you learn to parry early on and kind of yeah. get the feel for that. Um, and and it, they do it really well. Like enemies have like a visual cue when they go to attack. So there's like a little shine that kind of appears on them before they lunge at you. And so uh, you have a it, it's not as hard as some games make it, you know, to parry attacks. So it also um, kind of plays with it a bit. I don't know how far you go, but there's like enemies later on who like will look like they're going to do a parrying attack, but then they, like, flash with some, like, electricity or some energy, and then you know that that attack, even though it looks like it can be parried, can. So they they don't just leave it at that. They kind of, like, introduce more you know, complexity to it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I actually think is the MVP for modernization changes in the game, though? Uh, the scanner that you get. Yes. Um, yes, that absolutely. is that is huge and addresses my biggest complaint about Metroid games. Um, yeah, I agree. To to follow up with that, my biggest complaint being in every Metroid ever, 
there is always maybe with prime as an exception um but there is always a part where um you have to like destroy a fake wall or something like that um in that's like hidden in the environment in a way where you would never know um and i swear to god there's moments in super metroid where if you're literally just not shooting missiles at every wall you'll never be able to finish the game um and there there's a couple moments where there's like no inclination that i should hit this wall um but but you have to do it it's not as bad as like castlevania where you had to go let a tornado pick you up or something like that but there's some bullshit in the older Metroid games. and uh, I mean, this happened to me in this one. I mean, it wasn't like super dramatic. It was a couple of hours, but there was definitely a, a part where it was like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? But now you have a scanner. So if you think, sure. at the very least, if you think there may be a hidden wall somewhere in a room. You just go running around hitting the scanner. You can push the A button and it will use this ability that highlights kind of the map and shows you like a loose outline of, of where everything is and uh, gives you a sense of, of kind of where to go from there. Um, but that's huge. And I don't know if I, I never played Metroid 2. I had a poster for it in my room growing up, but I never actually played it. Um, I never played any. Me- I didn't play any Metroids until like way late in the game um for for whatever reason um but uh anyway i so i don't know if metroid 2 had bullshit moments like that but i'm guessing oh, it yeah. i i'm 100 percent guessing it did and so yeah, yeah, yeah. that scanner no, that scanner's a, a necessity uh it goes a long way in making the game a little friendlier and, and easier to uh, get along with uh, the scanner is really good. There's more like um, there's new stuff also. So like they have a, a shield mm-hmm. um, that's kind of cool. They have also burst beam. That's whatever. Um, but one that I really like that they have is um, it's the um, the time stop, which they use really well. Too. So there's like this ability where you can stop time. It's not really stop, but slow it down for anybody mm-hmm. but yourself. And that includes like, you know, the uh, type of blocks that um, that uh, disappear when you step on them. You know, the weird beds with the um, the weird beds that suck up your bombs. All that stuff mm-hmm. uh, doesn't uh, you know it takes longer to act, so you can. Actually, I get through a lot of those things using the time stop mechanic, and it's one of my favorite ones, uh, new ones as well. That makes sense. I don't have that yet, um, but you just uh, obviously explained to me how I'm going to get past some stuff that I've been thinking, like, how the fuck do I get up there? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, so they're using it really well. Um, the only thing that I will complain about, which I think... It's basically something that's carrying over from the original game, so I don't know, you know. I already know what your complaint will be. And that is that instead of having bosses, you have 40 Metroids. Yep. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know. What does that, that mean exactly? So basically, like, oh. there's there's slightly stronger enemies, not necessarily bosses. And your your whole goal in the game is to hunt them down. And every time you kill one, it will, like, show you on these... Uh, on these kind of they're not map rooms but there's there's these rooms that you go in that have like all these dots that represent the metroids that are scattered around and when you kill one the dot lights up 
Um, and when you get all of them, that's when you presumably, I don't actually know what happens, but move into the, the late stage or, or beat the game, basically. Right. But so it's gotcha. kind of it's kind of dumb. And so, so there's different variety of Metroids, but you're basically looking at beating the same four like powerful enemies, uh, you know, five times each. Like, mm-hmm. like you think back to like Castlevania, and the appeal is you drop into a room, and oh, there's death, and you have to fight the Grim Reaper. And then you go to, a, you know, later on in the game and, oh, there's a gigantic dragon and you can't even see all of him. You just see his head moving up and down, shooting fireballs I mean, at you. And Even Metroid, like, you yeah, know, that, has that, some pretty spectacular boss fights. That's true. I mean, you had, like, the original your, one. your Ridleys and your Mother Brains and, yeah. you know, all that all that kind of shit. And this this game just doesn't... Yeah, you get to fight a red guy. It, it, it really is not an exaggeration. Like, it's it's pretty much like that. Like... Uh, they're different colors, but th- like Lucio said, there's about four of them, I think. And and once you know how to beat them, you're certainly not excited when you see one. Like you're just, you're just like, oh. And you get to the point where, like, when you get the super missiles, which is actually something that we got from Super Metro that wasn't in the original, um, they they become even more like a chore because they're not even challenging at that point because like four super missiles will like take away half their health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. you know. Which I guess is good in a way, but it's also kind of, you know, whatever. Oh, that is so much right. Um, that being said, though, it's a really good game. And that's like that's my only complaint with it. Like, I don't I don't really have anything else that I don't like. I mean, yeah, I think that's uh, reasonable. I would I would just comment and maybe this is just me. Um, it could be it could be pretty tough sometimes, like not. Not like all that difficult, but I, there's definitely been a couple times where I really had to like pay attention and be careful in combat. And uh, I don't know, a lot of times in, in Metroidvanias, I feel overpowered and uh, not all that concerned with my environment. But I feel like I'm surviving a little bit more in this one. So it's kind of been the appeal of Metro. I don't remember them all ever being like. They could also just be. I feel like that's really common in Metroid when you're early on in the game, and I'm not that right. far by all accounts. I'm maybe like three hours, probably even maybe two. I didn't play it that much, um, and so you know you get stronger and and it's less of an issue as you go. But I feel a little weaker in, in this one than normal. Um, definitely, when you start out, you're going to you know to have that experience. Uh, but like I said, you know, it gets to a point where like. Um, even if you are, you know, fighting the Metroids, you're like, oh, whatever. It's just kind of, um, just like a chore now. It's, it's a paperwork. But you know what? Beyond that, I think that we just have to address the fact that Nintendo put out a Metroid game. Right. Um, and it's not like other, um, yeah, exactly. Like they, they actually like did a good Metroid, and, and it's not even them. Like this was designed by uh, Mercury Steam, the people who did the Castlevania uh, remakes from a few years ago. Mm. Um, the the bad ones. Uh, they did Lords of Shadow uh, and Lords of Shadow Two, and then that 3DS one that I can't remember the name of. Um, so it's a it's a studio with like a little bit of pedigree. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not even like first party Nintendo or anything like that, which is what we've come to expect from Metroid. And uh, I mean, I'm just happy that we have one. 
it's a side scroller and it doesn't suck. Yeah, I think it's, like, uh, I think it's I'll take great. it. I would much rather they they do a uh, you know original side scroller, but if this is the best that we can get, like okay, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm on the outskirts in that I was never really a big Metroid Prime fan. I don't really think this series is charming in first person. Um, so I'm not really all that excited for four. Like this, this game actually probably gets me more excited than Metroid Prime Four. I like the Metroid Prime series, but I definitely feel that the actual Metroidvania, Metroid part of Metroidvania, I guess it's it's a two D like thing. This like you can do, you can do some of the stuff that you do in in three D in two D with three D, right? Sure. Like, so, like, for I example, mean, you, you even, can do, like, uh, the the ball juggling, the, you know, morpho juggling, which is, like, one of those techniques that speedrunners used to, you know, cut hours from the game, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Well, and I was, I was going to say, like, um, you know, even, even Hob is, like, a, a very much has that, like, Metroid feeling to it and, and is a, a 3D uh, title, but... Um, and there's something about like the way the maps laid out, and uh, in that 2D, it's really easy to like look at the map and be like, "Oh shit, here's a room I never got through." And uh, I just feel like a lot of that stuff and like the backtracking, it feels like more of a chore in the first-person shooter ones than it does to me in the side scrollers. Um, Boy, it's a huge chore in Metroid Prime. Yeah, it's also. I'm not sure if this is the right way to put it, but. You can make the map make less sense in 2D, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like you can get away with having like a weird fucking oh. shaft that goes down for no reason. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Like you know, like if you look, if you start thinking about like the layout of like 2D Metro games, with like you know, oh well, why would they have this this way? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not gonna make sense. But yeah, I don't think it's as easy to like do that in 3D. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, it, it's definitely uh, harder to design. And again, I don't want to imply that like the Metroid Prime games aren't well made or anything like that. It just doesn't do it for me, uh, like the side scrollers do. So I'm I'm happy to see that they uh, went that route with it for for this at least. Um, Hopefully, we can get a new original one in like 2022 or whatever. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I wonder if this sold well. I don't even know if it did. I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, I got but, a little kid, Samus kitchen when I pick mine up. Um, I don't know. I need to. I need to look this up. I'd be really curious to see how well it sold because people say they want it, and so this was their chance to prove that they do in fact want it. Um, simultaneously, though, Nintendo released it on a console that, for all intents and purposes, is winding down. So, yeah, they released it on like a dead system. So I don't really fucking know. Like, um, I don't think there's anything else coming out in the 3ds. I think I also that I would, like even look at. Am I am I talking out my ass here? I feel like um, I've heard before that Metroid is not very popular in Japan. Uh, it probably isn't. Um, it definitely feels like a more of a Western game. Yeah, uh, but I I remember hearing that before about the series that it wasn't really like all that much of a huge seller in Japan. Um, but I don't I don't know if there's any truth to that. I might just be like I said, just just talking nonsense so uh i'll tell you what it's not as good as is federation force um so 
you know, hopefully we can get a Federation Force sequel and stop fucking around with these Metroid reboots because uh, that's what people really want. Yep, that's what I hear. I'm pretty sure. I feel pretty confident in that. That's like the the future of Nintendo. This uh, you know, Federation Force Two. Yeah. So when did when does that game come out that uh, Michael played? That he did that early access or whatever you want to call it demo. Uh, that steampunk Russian survival RTS game. Frostpunk? Oh, Frostpunk? Yeah. Uh... It's supposed to be later this year, but <clears throat> not yeah, a whole lot of That game sounds amazing. It's it's pretty fun. I played a little bit of it. Jared, you, you played it? Okay. Yeah, I did. I played. So can I ask a question about it? Uh, yeah. And this is going to seem like a really dumb question. How do you quit it? No, you can't. Okay, good. So I'm not crazy. You have no, to. No, I've, I've had to. I've had to close it from the task manager. So follow up question: Does it save? Don't believe so. No. Okay. So when I go it, back in, whatever I built is going to be gone. Yeah, it's the PAX demo build, but you can get through it in half an hour if you. Uh... Oh, were you were you actually able to like finish it? Yeah, it's just it's just the first ten days of the game. Oh, okay. I didn't actually know that. Um... All right, well, that makes a little more sense. Because, yeah, I, I played it, and I was, like, on kind of a good, uh, you know, roll, and I was, like, an hour and a half into the game, and I was like, well, okay, well, I'll come back to this. And then I realized there's no menu. There's no way to exit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, and so I just alt f forward out of it, and uh, I, you know, didn't save anything, obviously. Mm. So, uh, But I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy, and, like, if I had just hit F1, like, I could have saved everything and... and no, it's yeah, it's it's one shot every time. Very, very much just a demo, but yeah, but man, it's really good. It for a for a genre that doesn't really get me all that excited. I really enjoy it. You you know what works for me about it, and this is going to sound kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> okay, it's kind of like a clicker game. Um, you know, like Cookie Clicker, where you're, a little bit, yeah. Uh, so it's less like a, it, it's less of like that RTS feeling where I'm like, click on this guy and tell him to go there, and it's more that feeling of like, click on the thing you want and just tell, you know, say how many people you want to do it, and then it'll do it. And watch your meters go up. And and I like that feeling more. It feels less like I'm micromanaging, even though in a lot of ways I still am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it kind of does a lot to eliminate the stuff that I don't like about RTSs and the stuff that I feel like makes RTSs feel tedious. Yeah. Um, I do hope when it comes out that the uh, Book of Laws is expanded a little bit. I feel like there's not I'm, a lot there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will have to be because there isn't very much there. But I would like to see that expanded upon. And then I just hope they make the interface or just the... the the on-screen navigation a little less clumsy because it's kind of hard to see what's going on and figure out where you're, where things are. Oh, I the other thing that I had was I sent my rangers out to do like their first mission or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and I could not once they completed it. I sent the uh, I, so it was to like find survivors or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I just had them send the survivors back because I was like, now I will send my rangers on their next mission. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way to do that, but I, if there is, I couldn't find it. So they just got stuck out in the wilderness forever. Oh, Rangers. So, yeah, they, they never they never got to go do their next mission and they never got to come home. So it was a real bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's a little unintuitive to play in the demo version. I'm assuming some of that will get 
improved upon. Yeah. But I really liked it, and it's brutal the entire time you're playing it, to the extent that when the demo ended, I didn't know it ended on at the end of the 10th day, but we were hours away from running out of coal when that happened, so... It ended, and I was almost kind of relieved. <laughs> you were like, yes. I win. <laughs> I win. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's really good. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I had some moments like that, like moments of panic where they like exhausted all the scrap metal, and I'm like, oh, f- f- fuck, <laughs> what do I do? Where uh, you haven't developed the, uh, the technology to mine it, and you're just trying to pick it up. And- yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, like I unwisely built. You could definitely. This is totally a game where you could like fuck yourself on accident by by going very much in so and being like, I want to build this many things, and and you could definitely make some pretty grave errors that will uh, that will prevent you from going any further. It took um, me four or five tries before I was able to get through the demo. I don't know if the fact that we have this now <laughs> means that we own the game, so we'll get it when it comes out. But if we don't, I'll definitely be picking it up because I I think it's actually a lot of fun. And I never yeah. and I never say that about isometric RTS style uh, games. So yeah, that's definitely high praise. And then Shadow of War is coming out pretty soon. Um, I don't think anyone wants that. Lots of good stuff on the horizon, dude. We got Shadow mm-hmm. of War. You got uh, Mario Odyssey uh, just a couple weeks away. Mario Odyssey is like three weeks from now. Yep. Oh shit! Shadow of War is like next week. Yep. It's next Tuesday. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, it's next Tuesday. Okay. We're ready. I'm, I'm pretty all their shit. Yeah, this isn't fair. Yeah, actually, I'm. I was kind of hoping it was later. <laughs> um, Pace yourself, guys. Guys, chill. Like Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Well, something to think about. What else is coming out this month? Or is that it? Mm, what you want more? Stardew Valley, uh, which I would really like to play, but right now it's just feeling. More and more difficult. Uh, is that South Park game coming out this month? I think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah October 17th. Uh, and Assassin's Creed, I think, is this month. Maybe next. Yeah, end of the month. It's the end of the month. October 27th, I think, or some, somewhere around there. So That's all right. Anyway, yeah, that, that one's no problem. Won't be, won't be doing that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find a list here. Uh, Evil Within 2, No One Cares. Wolfenstein 2, eh. I would probably have played Wolfenstein 2 if it were released in like June when there was nothing else to do. But there's a lot to play right now. So I'm not really, I don't know that I'm feeling that. But anyway, uh, yeah, so good times. Lots of good games this week. I don't think we have. What else is coming out uh, besides Wolfenstein 2 and what's like in the rest of the like For the rest of the year? Uh, I don't know anything else big that's coming out for you guys those feel like my big like game of the year contenders Um, I mean I'll be playing Destiny 2 when it drops when it drops on PC oh yeah it's not out on PC yet is it no not till the end of this month Um, what else is there like I said I mean Assassin's Creed but I just have no faith in it whatsoever Um, oh that's right I have faith in it, but I'm not going to play it because I feel like it's just going to be the same thing that it always is. Uh, Far Cry 5 is next year, right? That's not. Yeah, it's early next year. I think February or something like that. It's like February or March. Um, And then I think same with Metro. That's next year as well. 
I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Those are the big ones. Um, yeah, I think those are pretty much the big ones. Spider Man's not till next year. Um, so your your best bet for game of the year is pretty much coming up in the next like three or four weeks. Um, or at least what's left of game of the year. Uh, like I yeah. said, there, there's already been yeah. so much. This is 2017 has really been like just a a, a year of riches. And uh, 2018 is almost guaranteed to suck sack uh, comparatively. So, well, and you can't forget Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic just dropped. So, for all you looking to relive your childhood, I—I uh, I mean, if you were going to do that, I, I haven't looked at the reviews for Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> Classic, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. What? Mostly positive. Is it really? Are you being serious? Yep. I'm being very serious. I'm not serious in buying it, but I'm serious that it has very good reviews. Well, I was just say like like Planet Coaster. Already, yeah, exactly. That game's great. Already, pretty much like did anything that we would need it to do. That's good yep. that Atari finally figured out how to make money with Roller Coaster Tycoon, though. Because, <laughs> uh, they just released the version that came out ten years ago or fifteen years ago. You'll be good to go. Yeah, uh, there's there's some bad reviews on here though. Um, so they said they're selling a Mac version, but it doesn't actually work. Uh, can't change resolution, so if you've got a 4K monitor, you better have great eyesight. <laughs> uh, old game with a terrible UI shoehorned into it. The reviews are still all mostly positive, 70% positive. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but uh, the original Roller Coaster Tycoon, I always am so uh, charmed by this. It was programmed in assembly. The whole game huh. was programmed in assembly, uh, which is fucking crazy by one person too um so it's bonkers and funny enough by programming it in assembly it basically ensured that that game runs beautifully on anything you can run the original roller coaster tycoon on any hardware uh and it runs like a fucking dream because it was basically programmed with i mean it's a one-to-one communication with the processor there's no middleware whatsoever. There's no Unity. There's no, uh, you know, game maker. There's no none of that shit. It's basically a game that can directly communicate with a Pentium uh, to work. It's crazy. God, that guy must have taken down so much poon. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's ever nobody's ever fucked him over it. But uh, they they told him they, they've they've said that I think he made uh, thirty million. Uh, wow for uh for like revenue mm-hmm. for the game so uh but yeah he wrote he wrote the whole thing in uh in uh assembly which is just, like i said just bonkers so anyway uh i think we've probably hit time here so uh we gave you guys if you're listening to this a fuck ton of shit of stuff to do so shit to do fuck ton of shit uh, so if you haven't played any of the games we're talking about, you got st- you got some homework, man. Get out there and uh, and check some of these out because we are uh, rich with good games right now. So, uh, but that does it for us. If you haven't already, go subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And I think with that, we are out. You're correct, rep. Goodbye.